enlighten me Bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire We never taking L's, only lessons No, we never counting fails, only blessings Never stressing I said enlighten me I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy Full of health, on the rise, I got the belt You got a problem? Check yourself, bitch Welcome to the Enlighten Me Bitch podcast I'm your host, Rin Woods Why the fuck am I starting a podcast? Uh, Because we don't have enough already, I'm kidding Um... I like hearing the sound of my own voice. I don't know. Why does anybody start a freaking podcast? Because they think they have important things to say, I guess. I don't know. Um, I've recently kind of come to this realization in my life that I think I have a different purpose. I still have the same goals, but I kind of feel like the purpose of all of that is is changed. I've been through a lot of stuff and I want to use my experiences to help people as much as I can. My brother passed away, unfortunately, of a drug overdose in August. And it really changed my perspective on a lot of things. You know, everybody says you don't really know the meaning of life until you, until you lose someone. And I always kind of thought, yeah, well, I'm a soulful person. I I have an understanding of the meaning of life, but that's actually proven to be pretty accurate. Um, my perspective is continually shifting because I'm learning so much about what life is really all about as I get older. He overdosed on fentanyl, unfortunately, which is the number one leading cause of death in the U.S. right now. And a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, I've been very open about his struggles since his death on social media. And I always hesitate, like, do I post this? Is this too personal? I always go back and forth in my head, you know, am I airing my dirty laundry out? Is my family going to be upset that I'm being so detailed about certain scenarios and situations in his life? And the truth of the matter is that if I can just help one person, you know, not go down that path or help one family member of of an addict, then that's really, I feel, feel like my purpose has been fulfilled because a lot of people have reached out to me since then and said how much it's meant to them that I have been sharing about, you know, his journey and my family's, I hate to use the word journey, but our whole life experience with addiction, there's such a stigma around addiction. And people, they look down upon addicts. And I don't like that. My brother struggled so much throughout his life. And I did everything I could to help him. And I'll I'll always think, you know, what if I would have done this? And what if I would have done that? I actually just read this book called... uh, Loving Someone with Borderline Personality Disorder. And it's by Sherry Y. Manning. And she's actually a psychiatrist who lives in Columbia, South Carolina. Funny enough, where I went to college, my brother was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder before he passed away. And that's not something that he let me know or my mom let me know because it happened so so many few months before he passed away. Uh, But I have other people in my life who have it. So that's why I got the book. And my eyes have been open so much to 
the different approaches that you can take with someone who has this disorder, it's very typical in addicts. And it really teaches you how to deal with their mood swings. Their, when you get so upset with them because they're strung out on drugs, they, they can't help that. Chances are that they're doing everything they can to get better. They're, they're doing all the work, but it's just not something that they can control. And so this book really teaches you how to validate what they're saying. I had no idea that I was invalidating some of the things that he was saying. And so this is a big lesson for me, and you guys can use this in your everyday life. But basically, for instance, like a person with addiction will come to you and say, I feel like a failure. I'm so terrible or whatever it is that they may think about themselves. You as their loving family member immediately want to go to say, oh my God, like you're not a failure. You're not terrible. Like how could you say that about yourself? Because we think in our minds that is making them feel better. You know, we're not going to agree with them. It's like when somebody complains that they feel fat and you've noticed that they've gained a little bit of weight. You're not like, oh yeah, you're fucking fat. You know, <laughs> you don't like, no nice person is going to say that because it's rude. But in those situations, when your addict family member or, you know, family member with borderline personality disorder says something like that, I'm such a failure. Instead of saying, oh no, you're not a failure. You can say something like, you know what? I am so sorry that you feel that way. I totally understand why you might feel that way because you're always on drugs, but how can I help you not feel that way? And it's just a different way of wording what you have to say. This book is so crazy and I'll put it up on my website. Um, I'll put the link up on my website. So any of you guys, if you, if you want to read the book, it's honestly... Even if you don't know anyone with borderline personality disorder, it's such a good book to read so you can learn how to communicate with people in general. It's definitely helping me communicate with my other family members. And I think I just wish I would have found this book before he passed away and everything would have been fine and, and, and I would have been able to save his life. But that's the truth of the matter is that nothing I did would have saved his life. Addicts make a choice. While they want to get better for their family members, if somebody wants to get help, they got to be doing it for themselves. That's really the right way. And so I really struggled over the past six months to try and come to a peaceful state of mind about the entire situation. He battled addiction for almost, uh, I want to say, I want to say 10 years, but that would have put him to starting to do drugs at 13. And I guess really that's when it started. The hard drugs didn't start till he was in his later teens. But it's not a road that I that I wish upon anyone, but it's unfortunately a road that a lot of people are on. I just want to kind of help take the stigma away from addiction and let everybody know that you're not less than because you're an addict. You're not less than because you think you're a failure. You're not less than because you didn't make a million dollars this year. You have to start believing in yourself and believing that you are worthy of this amazing life, which brings me to how you can change your mindset to get the things that you want. I've been listening to these manifestations on YouTube uh, by this guy named Dylan James. If you don't know who the fuck this guy is, let me tell you something, honey. This guy has saved my fucking life. Okay, so his whole thing is, and he has a he has a book that he recommends called Psycho-Cybernetics. I'll also put that on my website. 
He is all about the mindset of you have to think that you deserve to be somewhere, you're worthy, you're able, you have a stable mind, and you can't chase the things you want. So like say you want this job, right? And they're saying that they want a candidate that has 10 years experience and you only have five years experience. So if you automatically cut yourself out for the job in your head, because you're like, oh, well, you need 10 years experience, don't fucking do that. That's wrong. That's a limiting belief that you have. So you have to change your mindset. The circumstances do not matter. It simply does not matter that they want someone who has more experience than you. You can still get that freaking job. And you will because you're fucking amazing. This is kind of like what my podcast is about. You know, it's funny. Uh, I had a guest that was supposed to come on for the first episode. And I have written in my notes, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the power of not depending on anyone. You are in charge of your own life. You're in charge of making shit happen. You can have anything you want in the world if you have the mindset and believe that you can have it. And it's just ironic that that was like one of the topics I wanted to talk about because my guest, 20 minutes before we were supposed to start recording today, called me and canceled. And I could have gotten upset about it, but I chose, fuck it, who cares? You know what? I think I meant to do this episode solo for the first one because you really don't need anybody to make shit happen. You can do everything on your own. Again, the circumstances don't matter. You can do whatever the fuck you want and you should do whatever the fuck you want. Live your life. Eat the fucking cake. Whatever. I mean, don't eat cake every day, Christ, but you know, get fucking diabetes, but you know, just fucking do it. Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about is not responding to people's text messages, people rescheduling plans on you, those kinds of things. So I'm in this group text with two other comedians and Every single one of us has made plans to do something and then nobody ever follows up or it gets rescheduled. Somebody just doesn't simply respond. And maybe that's LA. That's like the culture here. A lot of people are flaky. Here's the thing. You can choose to get upset at those people for rescheduling on you, for not responding to your text message. But ultimately, you can't control what other people do. You can only control how you react to it. And I swear to God, if you guys start living like this, it will just bring you to a much peaceful, more calmer state. Stop fucking worrying about it. If someone doesn't fucking respond to your message or they cancel plans on you, so be it. I think that people who get upset about when people don't respond to them or rescheduling plans and they get all uptight about it is because they don't have their own fucking life going on over here. Get a more fun life, you know, have more friends that you can count on and depend on. Don't just depend on that one who could possibly cancel plans on you or else you're going to get your feelings hurt a lot. You can choose to not get your feelings hurt in those types of scenarios by having other people that you can go hang out with or and not just people like you can have other hobbies. If somebody cancels plans on me, I like to paint, right? So I'm just like, whatever, fuck it. Like I can, I get to, I look at it as a positive. I can stay home and paint tonight. I get to do my hobby. Or I get to watch the Netflix show that I've been waiting to binge, whatever. Um, I think you guys should get, really get your fucking panties out of a wad and stop getting mad at people for rescheduling, canceling plans. Life happens, you know, shit happens. Now, if you have a friend who reschedules every fucking time you make plans, take the fucking hint. 
They don't want to be friends with you. And sorry if that's harsh or whatever, but the writing is on the wall. Stop chasing people to make them be your friend or make them be in a relationship with you or make them talk to you. Be cool. Live your life. Enjoy your life. People are attracted to confidence. That's another avenue I want to go down on this podcast, the harsh realities of all the shit that that happens in, in everyday life. And, and, and also, too, if you're not getting invited to certain social outings with a group of people that you were once invited with, ask yourself, are you canceling plans a lot? You know, so that's the other thing you, ha- you have to think about is if you are a person who cancels plans a lot and you don't show up, then those people are eventually going to stop inviting you. And it's up to you. You can't get your panties on a wad then when they start in- uninviting you because you didn't respond to them. So you kind of like look, have to look at both ends of the situation and really just like take ownership for yourself. I see so many people blaming other people for for why they're not invited to this and why they don't get texts back and like whatever. It's like you can only change your behavior. You can't change the behavior of other people. So yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with that. Oh, I read this <laughs> New York Times article that was titled You Stop Drinking and Your Friends Stop Inviting You Out. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. That's very interesting. So after reading this article, I agreed with a lot and then I disagreed with a lot because it's just interesting. I choose not to drink that much because I'm 31 now and I really just can't afford to be hungover for three fucking whole days. You know, I want to get my beauty rest. I want to stay hydrated And that's my choice. I'm not sober. I'll drink every now and then. But I choose not to sometimes. And I haven't stopped getting invited to stuff because I stopped drinking. I just say, I'm not drinking. It's all you have to do. And I I think if if you want to stop drinking, just say you don't want to drink that night. You know, just because you're going to a party, you don't have to feel bad. I had someone say to me recently, they were getting a a work drinks and they're like, oh, my job is taking so much out of me because it's required of me to get drinks with all these different people and network every single night and it's eating me alive. And here's the thing. You don't need the alcohol to have a good personality, okay? You got everything you need within yourself. And if you don't want to drink, order a tea and be on your merry fucking way. When I first stopped drinking a ton, I got super self-conscious. When people be like, why are you having a drink? Oh, you're no fun anymore. And then they realized like, oh, this bitch will still dance on the table even without alcohol in her system. So, you know, uh, they'll learn. But it, it is a bit awkward at first. And now I'm fully confident. If I don't want to drink, I'm not drinking. I don't owe you an explanation. I just don't fucking want to. And it's okay if you say that to people. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And just because going to drinks is required for your job, order a soda water, put a lemon and a lime in it. It still looks like a drink. You know what I'm saying? I I, I feel bad for people when, when their job takes that much out of them and they feel like they have to drink at their job. It's not going to make you less cool. It's not going to make you less fun. Bring your 11 out of 10 personality And that's all you fucking need. You don't need other shit. Anyways, now that I'm done on that rant, 
I read this book about tantric sex and I love this topic and I want to explore it more. Tantric sex is interesting. I I saw in an interview, someone asked Tom Hanks, what is the secret to your long marriage to Rita Wilson? And he said, have lots of tantric sex. And I kind of was like, that's so interesting that he says that because I've always thought that that is something that you kind of have to practice in a long-standing relationship. And to hear it from somebody who has had a successful marriage of upwards of 30-something years, and I think there's something to that. So I started reading more about it so that I could like learn the most that I could. And it's interesting. Like I, I'm going to give you an exercise. If you're totally unfamiliar with it, I'm not really going to dive into it too much on this episode, but further down the line, I do want to talk about that. But one exercise is, you know, Tantra is all about connection, true connection. The next time you are seeing your partner, you haven't seen them in a while, an exercise that you can do is instead of immediately going up to hugging them or touching them, any kind of physical touch, don't do anything until you have the opportunity to sit down with each other. You look at each other in the eyes for like 30 seconds you can do 60 seconds, but I think 30 seconds is enough. And you just stare in each other's eyes and you truly bring yourself down to earth. You ground yourself, you get connected, and then you go in for physical touch, just a hug or something. And that's not like a sexual thing. It's just a, a means of connecting with each other. And that's something that I learned from the book because I never really thought about using Tantra as a way to connect in a non-sexual way. But in today's time, Busy is one hell of a drug that a lot of people are addicted to. We got our jobs. Everyone's trying to get to the top. And sometimes we forget about the important things, and that's connecting with with other human beings, our partner being at the top of the list. Tantra asks for an unhurried, loving approach. It's conscious. So in deciding to do that, you're being present you're practicing mindfulness. And that's something that's really hard to do when you have all the distractions of work. You know, maybe you have kids, you have family drama, whatever it may be. So just try that little exercise the next time you get home from work. You haven't seen your partner all day. Try to have dinner together. Get off your fucking phone at the dinner table. Connect. I'm from South Carolina and I've like noticed lately that I think I've become kind of jaded because I, I'm starting to kind of not be phased by the differences in culture here. Okay, so in LA, everybody gets Botox, fillers, like whatever. I don't get fillers, but I do get Botox. And the other day, I, I got Botox. I paid for it. I went about my merry fucking way. It was like $220. I went to dinner that night with my boyfriend and the bill was $300. And I paid it without even flinching. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, oh my God, when did the essential shit that we need, like food and drink, become more expensive than superficial bullshit like Botox 
And I like, the saddest part is that I wasn't even fucking phased by it. So, you know, I just had to really bring myself back down to earth um, and think about there's this place in um, West Hollywood. Well, they're really all around the city. It's a healthy grocery store in LA and it's called Air One. And every time I go in there, I spend an obscene amount of money. It's absolutely asinine. Uh, I bought a cashew butter for $30 the other day. Was not thinking. They have like $20 smoothies and it's just insane. I try not to go there too much, but on occasion, I do like to trim myself. It's super healthy, but yeah, it's just crazy how things have gotten. So yeah, I want to talk about the differences in cultures and, you know, how to have a healthy mind amongst all this stuff. If there's something you want to do, you should fucking do it. I think a lot of people are afraid to be direct these days. If you love someone, tell them life is too short to play games. Let me say it again. Life is too short to play games. I mean, I'm 31. I'm too fucking old for this shit, you know? If you if you feel a certain way, fucking tell me. If I'm doing something you don't like, tell me. Because I'd rather you tell me than hold on to resentment and then have it be released in a blow-up argument later. You know what I'm saying? Tell people how you feel because how else are they going to know? People can't read your minds. You know, psychics can. But <laughs> I have to stop seeing psychics. Uh, my boyfriend hates psychics. And every time... Every time I go see a psychic, uh, I have to lie to him and say that I'm going to my therapist. Sometimes you have to be careful, though. I I like psychics, but you got to be careful. Some of them are a crock of shit, and some of them actually are pretty insightful. But, like, a lot of times what I've found is that they just tell you everything you already knew. It's it's like a reiteration of what you knew because you have all the answers inside of yourself. You want that job, you want that house, you want that relationship. It's inside of you. You can make it happen. I really hate scones. I think scones are the stupidest dessert ever. Can you even call them a dessert? Are they like a pastry? Is that like technically what they are? Uh, I'm from the South, honey. Like we don't do scones there because we like stuff that tastes good. And a scone ain't it, honey. It's hard as a rock. Personally, I'd rather not take a bite out of something that's going to break my fucking tooth off. You can just put the blueberries in the biscuit mix and have a soft, buttery, delicious treat that tastes like angels are dancing on your tongue. You can do that. But people don't. They're still eating fucking scones. I just scones. I'm so flabbergasted by the purpose of, like, I just don't even understand scones. I really don't. There's this place in the South called Bojangles, and they have bowberry biscuits. They're delicious. They come with icing. I miss it every day. I love biscuits and scones are fucking stupid. Being unbothered is something that I'm trying to attain right now. And it is very hard. I've been listening to these Dylan James meditations eight hours a night. You listen to them when you sleep because it's supposed to be changing like the way that your subconscious mind interprets things and how how it thinks. And um, you listen at a very low volume. And it I didn't believe it at first. You know, the first couple nights, I like listened to it with the volume all the way the fuck up. And I kept waking up every three and four hours. And I was like, oh my God, this is miserable. I can't sleep. And I was doing that because I didn't think my brain would retain the information, but that's not true. So after the 10th or 11th day of listening to them, I actually did what it says to do and put it at like a one or two volume. And you kind of drift off into sleep. Then you realize that your brain is retaining the information because you 
have these lucid dreams that bring up all of your insecurities. And it's so nuts. And one of the things I am trying to work on is just being unbothered by outside external things. I'm trying to focus on staying true to myself, being nice to people, not if somebody says something to piss me off during the day, it is not affecting my mood. I'm going to keep on trucking on. I'm still going to be fabulous. And that's fine if you want to be an asshole, but you're not going to affect me. And it, But it's really hard to do that. So I will say with much happiness, I have made a little bit of progress. I, last weekend, went to visit my mother for her birthday. I booked my flight 24 hours before I left. It was a total last minute trip and I'm very glad I went. But as I arrived to the airport, I was waiting in line to board the plane and this guy was super fucking angry. And I didn't realize that I had, you know, they called my zone to board and I got in front of him and I didn't, I kind of came from the side and I didn't realize that he was in line. I just thought he was standing there. And he looked at me with utter hate basically barked at me and I saw the distress on his face and I saw he was texting somebody and it was like, you know, a blue paragraph this long. And I was like, okay, this man is having a very bad day. He is yelling at someone on text and I can either choose to let this affect me or I can just go about my merry way. And it just, it like bounced off me. It's like, I didn't even care. And I think three weeks ago, I probably would have thought about how mean that guy was all day long, but I don't give a fuck. You can think like this too. You have to believe you're fabulous because you are, honey. Oh God, what a week. Uh, I do have a website, which is awesome. It's kind of a work in progress. Bear with me, sweetie, but I'm going to have merch soon. So buy a sweatshirt. They're going to be hoodies, two colors. One's lavender, one's navy. Coming soon. They're going to say enlighten me, bitch, on them. Yeah, I'll be posting different op-eds on there. I've got actually some guidelines on there for living a fabulous life. If you want to go and look at those. I'm not going to read them out loud because that would just be very fucking boring. Uh, but you can go there, check them out. Uh, but it is www.enlightenmebitchpodcast.com. Some travel regs or like whatever, you know, whatever I feel like because it's my fucking website. You know, that's the thing is I think I was so afraid to start this podcast for so long because I was like, I was trying to appeal to the masses. There's no one path that I have to follow. I can talk about whatever the fuck I want and I'm going to and that's fine. I, I want to open people's eyes to alternative ways of thinking and help you learn how to communicate with your families, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, better, whoever. Communication is something that I think should be taught in school. I don't know why it's not a class. It's ridiculous that communication isn't taught in school. Why do I need this T89 graphing calculator? I don't even, why do we have that and not a class on communication? It makes no sense. And I want to work really hard so that one day I can talk to the people in charge of that, whoever the fuck that is and help get some communication classes going for children because it's that's where it starts. And if you grew up in a home where you were made to feel like your feelings weren't good enough or they weren't valid, you're going to be a bad communicator when you get to be an adult, and it's hard to unlearn that. So having patience with other people as you learn how to communicate 
you don't learn that overnight. And so as I go on with my episodes of this podcast, I want to make sure that that is something that I'm talking about because communication is something that we use every day. It's how we get anything we want. It's how we survive. That's going to be a main focus of, of the podcast. I mean, what am I doing when I have a guest on? We're communicating. I have some really cool guests on. I've got some, some cool people that are coming on in the next few weeks. Some musicians, actors, YouTubers, writers, authors, uh, directors, producers, um, just kind of everybody who's in my network of people. And then I'll be reaching out to some people who I don't know because I want to learn everything there is having some former addicts on to talk about addiction, people who are comfortable talking about it. And, you know, I would never talk about or share anybody's story unless they were personally comfortable with me sharing it. The mantra of this podcast, oh, I need to sit up. My posture's bad. The fuck? Why didn't you tell me my posture's bad? Just like leaning over like this. Pilates, you guys should start doing Pilates. Pilates actually helps with your posture. Stand up straight. I just want to say how grateful I am for everybody tuning in to this episode. I am so thankful. Uh, I don't know how you found this. Maybe you know me. Maybe your uptight boss sent you this because he wants you to loosen the fuck up. I don't know. Don't care. But I am grateful to have you here. And I appreciate everyone who's been sliding in my DMs over the past couple years asking me when I'm going to start a podcast already. Um, the moment has come, my friends. And, you know, tune in new episodes every Friday. Fuck my posture again. I really got to watch this. We need to raise this table. Tune in. New episodes every Friday. Stay tuned. Fine. I hate when people say stay tuned. That's why I didn't announce a single thing about my podcast until the episode was ready. The website was ready. The merch is the only thing missing, but that's okay. That will come. And honey, these sweatshirts, they're comfy, they're hot, they're amazing. And if you want to look fabulous, order a sweatshirt. I have some ideas for other merch, but kind of want to see how this does first. This is a feel-good podcast. I mean, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to tell you how it is, and I'll let you know. But ultimately, I want to make people feel better because there's too much bad, horrible shit going on in the world. It's so sad. It depresses me. And I think that people are so focused on, on the negative stuff and fighting on, online and just saying hateful shit to each other. So don't be the person that says hateful shit. Make people feel good about themselves because people remember that shit. They remember how you made them feel. Build them up. Root for your friends, for your family, for your partner. You want people to do well. So that's Enlighten Me, bitch. Enlighten me, bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire, we never taking L's, only lessons No, we never counting fails, only blessings, never stressing I said enlighten me, bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully, I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy Full of health, on the rise, I got the belt, you got a problem, check yourself, bitch